What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. Hopefully you are off to a good start this week. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I am pumped up to share this conversation with you. I've got Elena from the Juice team back on the pod. Been a long hiatus. We are talking about growth, growth marketing. Elena leads our growth here at the Juice, and I want to dig in with her much like I did Kate on the sales side last week. What's going on? What have you been working on? What's worked? What hasn't? And share some of those insights with you, the listener. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Sit back, relax, and let's kick into the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to the show. Much like we did last week, bringing in Kate to talk about sales at an early stage company like The Juice. I decided it'd probably be a good idea to bring back Elena to the show to talk about growth. So we, I think we all think about growth. Growth means a lot of different things to a lot of different brands and roles, but I felt like it was a good opportunity to share a little bit about what we're doing and how we're thinking about it. But without further ado, Elena, welcome. How are you? Thanks, Brett. I'm doing well. We're having a good week here over at the Juice, which is always fun. <laughs> do, do you want to make? Uh, maybe this will be a good like segue just into the broader conversation. Uh, when you say good week, I a lot. I feel like a lot of what you do is experimentation regarding trying to get people to sign up for our platform. So maybe just share from your end, kind of like what what defines that good week this week is, is it a good, an experiment gone right? Is it a, a partnership? Maybe share some perspective there. Yeah, for sure. So I, I focus a lot on acquisition, like you said, for the member base of our platform. And we had a couple of really great sponsorships, partnerships this week. The first one was with the marketing millennial newsletter written by Daniel Murray. And that's just like a really really solid newsletter with a really loyal following. And so that really gave us a great boost early on in the week. And then we also partner with Caitlin B from the Why We Buy newsletter, which we're testing their like exclusive content on the juice that's written by someone who creates really great content like Caitlin. So that's also going really well, seeing a lot of activation and acquisition there too. So excited about that. Yeah, just really great partnerships. That's been like a big theme over the last year and a half. So I think, I don't know, I think partnering with like individuals who have these newsletters and who have these followings on social um, might be maybe a little bit scary for some or it's just non-traditional. I think about just uh, maybe different how I thought about sponsorships and growth in the past. And I would say like, it looks dramatically different today with kind of promotion through these individuals, maybe like shed some light on that because I feel like just as someone who sees the Slack updates and notifications and then look down at my phone and see Twitter going nuts, it really seems like for us at the juice, a primary catalyst for us growing our membership base has been through these individuals who are trusted and are creating good content and have, awesome platform. So maybe just like talk a little bit about just that process and coming to the realization that these are kind of the channels we should be promoting our message through. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the key word you said was trust. I mean, there we've partnered with some incredible creators and maybe like the brands that they manage and 
what they've done a really good job of is building trust. And that's why it's been a, a wonderful acquisition channel for us, because I think early stage companies are frankly, like figuring themselves out, figuring out their product, figuring out the like nuances of the value that we provide and like how to communicate that. And so we aren't as mature as like a, you know, segment or like customer IO or some sort of brand that has been out there for a while. And so I think these partnerships really help us kind of get over that barrier in people's minds where they're not familiar with who we are and what we offer. And, you know, we've, honed it a a lot in the last several months, but like for a year or so, I think even like our messaging for, for why to use the platform was a bit, um, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do on the juice. And so the messaging was all over the place, but if there's that trust built in to someone who's telling you like, trust me, go try this app. Like, I really think it'll help you with your work. That really has helped us throughout this like early stage of the business. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think I can speak to to myself for myself personally. Like when I joined the co- just for everyone, everyone's context for everyone, Elena and I were the two first people outside of Jonathan to join the Juice. Um, I often say maybe a little bit crazy joining a um, early stage company without a product, but here we are today, <laughs> st- still here. I think about my role and just what I thought it was going to be when I joined the team and just areas of focus, how it's evolved. I know uh, your role, I think, has maybe gone through some shifts and iterations. I think maybe think it'd be helpful maybe to share a little bit of context on just like your function, kind of primary responsibilities, and then maybe over the course of 18 months, how that role has changed. Yeah, for sure. So I I started out as a growth marketer for the team. Like you said, we didn't have a product. So growth marketing was needed because we really needed to build like a wait list for the product. And I had some a paid acquisition background. So worked on that, worked on the wait list for several months until we launched the product and then worked a lot on how do we get people to use the product. So it was really the first year was really, really heavy on acquisition. I would say growth generally speaking, is acquisition, retention, and monetization. And then like the different levers within each of those that can help grow the company. And all of those can be like product-led, marketing-led, sales-led, or like a combination of those. Um, So really after like kind of getting acquisition up and running, because that's really like, you kind of have to have people on the product using the product before retention and monetization really matters. But now that we do have people using it on both sides of the business, I'm focusing a lot more on like retention and monetization while still trying to keep that acquisition flywheel going. Um, And also looking for ways to make, let's say like for the last year, we've made our acquisition very paid focused and sponsorship focused. Like how do we go from having a marketing led acquisition to marketing led and product led? So like acquisition, that's kind of what I'm focusing on, but retention and monetization, it's just been a lot of like working with the whole go-to-market team and the product team to like build those into existence. And then once all three acquisition, retention, and monetization are at least in like their first form all working together, which I'd say we're, we're there or we're really close to at least like a version one of that, then I can start testing within that growth model. But I think a lot of people that get hired in for growth are hired in once the growth model exists and then they just start Mm. testing within there 
And I kind of had like a, what I think might be a unique path in that I started before we even had the products, let alone like a growth model to test within. Um, so I got to help build the growth model, which has been really fun. Hey, everybody, sign up for this thing that doesn't even exist at all. So that's good. Go, go, yeah. go, go join the company and go help us do that. I think it's been fun to watch the evolution and just see uh, you involved in just uh, every area of the business that involves um, growth from sales to members to CS. I think just watching the evolution is a good sign for where our business is headed. Maybe like talk a little bit about, I think, the infrastructure. I know you've been busy at trying to make sure you're setting up the right processes, using the right technology, making sure that if something is repeatable, we're focusing in on that. Maybe talk a little bit about just the process you are going through, because I would imagine it's never really over to kind of set up the right infrastructure for growth at the Juice. Yeah, I feel like there's always new tools and I'm always finding myself drawn to adding automation and new tools to our system. But yeah, I've definitely focused a lot on making sure that from the beginning we have the data we need to automate in the future, but also to know what's working and what's not working. That was something in my last growth marketing role. It was an uphill battle because I couldn't tell, like before I could even run a test, I had to ask, do we even have the backend tracking to see if this worked? And, you know, a lot of times we didn't um, just because we didn't have a lot of you know, engineers that I could work with at the juice. I'm working a lot with the product and engineering team, which has been really, really helpful just to understand what kind of data the product is producing. And then I can think through, okay, well, how do we use that to grow our entire go-to-market strategy? Like how do we, on the member side, how do we use that data to create a much more personalized experience for the members, which I think is something that really sets the juice apart from a lot of other content sources is that we can say to you, we have the data. We know that other growth, senior growth managers like you are reading this kind, these kinds of content. Um, that's like really, really unique to our product. And so just making sure from the beginning that we're having like creating avenues to get that out into the world versus having it siloed off in some database that only the engineers know how to access. So all of that said, I've worked a lot on with Mixpanel and customer IO, and I found those to be really, really helpful for making those connections and, and personalizing the experience for the members. And then I've got a lot more testing and work to do to figure out how to do that same thing for, for customers and prospects. I want to maybe go back to uh, what you were talking about, just working with product and engineering. Um, I would say that that's not unique to every growth role. I would say there's probably plenty of people who work with product and engineering, but I would say there's also just as many that probably aren't. So I think, you know, you, you as the company was born and uh, as the company was growing, you've been, you and your role have been there. So I would imagine just small team, second nature to be engaged with the product and engineering team. Maybe like, I think it would be helpful just to maybe like it's not always the easiest, I, I think, like communication and um, trying to align on initiatives, maybe like share a little bit of light just on like the how how it's been or maybe the evolution or anything helpful that you could share just in kind of extending that olive branch out and working with product and engineering and at the end of it, like 
creating really good results that both teams feel good about. Yeah, for sure. It's been a a huge learning experience, which has been really helpful, but I would say the biggest, I feel like I'm constantly making this shift, like you said, in communication styles, because go-to-market team has a tendency to start with like the, the high level idea. And then we kind of are maybe imagining the details of that in our own heads, but we're also not like super concerned about it because we know we'll we'll figure it out. Um, and I, maybe that's just the nature of like sales, marketing, customer success is that it, it's never definite or finite. I mean, you're working with people. So it's, it's relational, it's behaviors, like you're never getting concrete answers, I guess you could say. Whereas like if you're building a product, like code either works or it doesn't. And so like, it's a very different mindset and you either build a feature with XYZ features or ABC features. And so there has to be like a lot of specificity and just jumping back and forth between those two teams and trying to like take this. And even myself as a growth person, like take this vision I have of like a new feature or a new campaign or a test in the product and like whittling that down to like what's actually needed in order to bring that to life. It requires a ton of back and forth and just like patience with each other that I, I feel like you have to try at least to learn each other's vocab. And I, th- I think our our go-to-market team and our engineering team, we've all really like worked hard on that together to like try to speak slower, like use different vocab if it seems like something isn't clicking because sometimes again, we're just more broad with our language and they're extremely specific, but they have to be. So I think just honestly, patience is like the key there because it's never going to be perfect communication. I love it. I think that's good advice. And hopefully um, people, I'm sure people can relate or are taking notes who are in a similar spot. I want to talk a little bit about just experimentation, um, maybe your philosophy regarding like we all have our, our goals. And, um, I think your goals are most of the time, like our business goal, one of our primary business goal and objectives. So there's always kind of a spotlight on it. It's not just you, right. It's everyone working towards that and everything we do and being mindful of those member growth goals and other initiatives going on. Maybe talk a little bit about just your experimentation, your philosophy on it, um, and your approach. Yeah. I mean, my philosophy is we definitely have to keep doing it. Like even in, you know, I've never been at a company that grew from zero people to a hundred people. I'm hoping the juice gets to that point. But you know, what I've listened to a lot on some growth podcasts and things is that the experimentation, like it's a red flag if it ever stops. If you get, I think a lot of people in growth or just at like SaaS companies, what I've, from what I understand, it's like very easy to when you finally find something that works, like your growth model is working, everyone's happy, customers are happy, investors are happy, everything's going the right direction. A lot of times it's easy to get comfy and feel like, okay, we figured out what works, like let's just keep it there. But the problem is that our competition is going to come in and eventually innovate and do something better. And then we have to like pivot all over again. So, you know, I don't know that we're at that point yet, but it's just something I'm really conscious of is that we no matter what, even if it feels if it feels nice to like take a breather for a second, like we really need to keep experimenting no matter what. So like, for instance, maybe as soon as like our team gets really comfortable with like Twitter and LinkedIn, and we feel like we've just completely maximized on the opportunity there from a social media standpoint, like 
even if the company is doing really well, we should be pushing ourselves to try TikTok or whatever that next acquisition method could be, even if the whole engine is working super well. Like we just need to keep moving forward in some way, even if things are good. So that's kind of just like my mindset about it, whether it's the entire growth model that needs experimentation or like little levers within that. I think it's just always experiment. Yes. It's that never satisfied mindset that will help us all prevail. I love it. Maybe before we let you get out of here, I'd love for you to share maybe some of what has worked on the growth side that you've maybe doubled down on. And then also what has failed? Like what are some of the things that just have completely bombed and you're avoiding now? Yeah. Um, like I said before, I think the the partnerships, especially for an early stage business, like working with someone who has a well-established reputation is always going to do even more for your early stage business than you think it will. So I would highly recommend that for anyone listening that's early stage. The other thing that's working well for us is personalization. And I know that that's, I mean, that's been kind of a hot topic for several years, but I think marketers have struggled to implement it because, because of that disconnect between like the data over here in one silo that could drive that personalization. And then like the marketers not being connected to that, that data. Cause how can you personalize the experience if you don't know what that person is interested in? And I think that applies beyond just the juice. I mean, personalization in your emails, in the website, in whatever your company is pushing out, I think the more personalization, the better. So again, customer IO has really helped us with that. Having a patient engineering team has really helped with that. I think in terms of what doesn't work and that we're trying to get to work, I think so far people might find it interesting on the growth front that like paid advertising hasn't worked all that well for us. And I've as someone with a paid media background, that's really been bothering me. But I think what these partnerships with really great creators and brands has taught me is that there's just so much to that trust piece. And what's happening when I run paid media ads like Google ads or Instagram ads, it works, but at a really like high cost per acquisition, which to me just means it's, it's not really working. There's, there's some barrier there where people don't feel comfortable like signing up for the app when they come from some sort of advertising like that. And so I, I've, I'm working with the product and engineering team now to figure out like, how do we build that trust? For example, like there's a lot of people coming to the juice via organic Google searches. They search for something like pretty niche in marketing and we end up having a piece of content related to that. They end up on this random page on the juice. They don't know who we are. They don't know why they would sign up. They basically just bounce because they have a short attention span. They don't know where they're at. And I think that's completely valid. It's our job to figure out how to fix that experience for them and also not interrupt what they were doing, which is that they were trying to get an answer to a question. Like, yes, we believe the juice will be a better search engine for them in the future for marketing related questions. But like, we need to find that balance of making that pitch to them, but also just solving their problem. And so we're working on some solutions for that right now. And I think that's been our big problem with paid media is just getting that value proposition in front of someone who, frankly, like they were looking for something else or they were scrolling social media. Like it's just not what they were out intending to do. And we need to figure out how to kind of take that action and pivot it towards the juice. 
I love it. There's probably a whole nother track and a whole nother conversation we could have around people finding us an organic and trying to get them to actually, after they read or listen to go do what we want. Um, that's definitely got my antennas up. Let's close it out with this. Everyone's in growth at some level. Their role might not be a formally a growth role, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably trying to grow a business in your function at some level. Maybe share some advice that you might have regarding what you've learned over the last 18 months about growth. Yeah, I have learned that it's ever-changing, which is part of the fun, part of the struggle. So I think one thing I'm working on lately is just trying to add a little bit more structure to it because, like I said, I think we're kind of part building our growth model while also trying to optimize it. So even though it's not maybe fully complete, we also have to keep fixing the parts that are, which just makes the job feel um, like it's all over the place. So I think any structure you can add to that is helpful. So I've been listening to a lot of like growth podcasts and like the Lenny podcast in particular has some growth experts on lately that have been talking about like those buckets of growth of like acquisition, retention, monetization. And I think trying to like organize all of my tasks and like ideas and experiments into those buckets has really helped to organize and like prioritize what the growth team and the product team need to be focusing on next. Cause that's really the, the big struggle, right? At a startup like this is we could be doing a lot of things, but what are the most important things that are really going to get us to that next level in like a very short amount of time? So I think adding structure to a, a job that feels like it's all over the place is probably my biggest advice. I'm going to put you on the spot for one final final. Um, we're running an experiment today. You mentioned it. It's bringing in people to sign up and be members of the juice. Are we going to break our single day record today as we record this? Yes or no? <laughs> um, you know, I really hope so. It's definitely trending that direction. So that would be a great note to end the day on, but we'll see. We will see. I'm sure we'll talk about it. We'll share it out at some level. So Elena, thanks so much. Hopefully all of you out there listening got some good growth tips and we'll have to do this again sooner than later. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brett. Elena is a day one juice employee, much like myself. It's always good to sit back and talk about what's happening and what is going well and maybe what's not. I love all the work that we're doing on the growth side and seeing that membership keep ticking up. You take care of yourself. We'll be back on Friday with another one. Peace out. <laughs>